0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, October 27th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The uptick in coronavirus cases in the US and Europe has investors worried, but some European banks have been doing well despite the pandemic. Plus, China's answer to Amazon is making a push into the grocery delivery business. But can Alibaba make its own way in an already crowded market? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. stocks had their worst day in a month yesterday. The S&P 500 settled on a loss of a little less than 2% after an even rougher day of trading. And it wasn't just in the U.S. European stocks fell too. Germany's DAX index slumped nearly 4%. I'm on the line with the US head of Fast FT, Mamta Bagkar. Mamta, what happened in the US yesterday?
1: So all eyes have been focused on stimulus talks right now. There's still an impasse in Washington over stimulus. On Monday, Larry Kudlow appeared on CNBC, and he said the talks have certainly slowed down, but that they're not ending. Basically, there are policy issues separating the two sides, right? So the House Democrats want this broad ranging stimulus package, whereas the White House seems to want more targeted aid. and. What Kudlow basically said was that the goalposts have moved right now and that there are still some unanswered questions about stimulus. And investors didn't like the sound of that. Um, and you know, I, I was speaking with a couple of portfolio managers and Jim Tierney, the chief investment officer at over at Alliance Bernstein, he pointed out that coronavirus cases are at an all-time high, hospitalizations are up, vaccines are not coming up right away, Europe is in the middle of a second wave. Basically saying that with all of this, some pullback in stock markets seems warranted right now.
0: Uh, We did see, you know, things pick back up at the end of the day in a rally at the Bell. What happened to cause that?
1: Right. So House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin had a 52 minute phone call to talk stimulus on Monday. After that phone call, her spokesperson Drew Hamill tweeted to say Nancy Pelosi remains optimistic that an agreement can be reached before the election. You know, so that helped markets retrace some of their losses, but markets still ended the day 1.9% lower. It was still the worst day for the S&P 500 in a month, which makes you think that investors are sitting back thinking, talk is cheap, this impasse is dragged on, we actually need to see some results.
0: Mamta Badkar is the FT's U.S. head of Fast FT. Thank you, Mamta. Thanks, Mark. Healthy profits in investment banking and wealth management helped boost the third quarter earnings of Wall Street banks. So how are European banks doing? Only two have reported so far, UBS, where profits jumped 40%, and the UK's Barclays. Stephen Morris, our European banking editor, has more
2: interestingly, Barclays Investment Bank actually performed better than large sections of Wall Street, as it experienced a real surge in equities revenue as it underwrote rights issues and other financial instruments for companies that were in trouble in Europe. But the banks that we've got coming down the line over the next two weeks, so I'm thinking more retail and corporate focused banks like SockGen in France or RBS and NatWest, as it's now called, and Lloyds in the UK, we will see more pain from them. They are predominantly focused on the businesses and the people that will be especially badly hit by coronavirus-related lockdowns and, and slowing down and economic growth. But broadly, there's been a message of resilience from banks. I mean, if they went into coronavirus in the same situation, they went into the financial crisis of 2007 and 2008, undoubtedly, we would be looking at more bailouts and more bank failures. But Due to the post-crisis reforms and the regulatory system put in place, banks have actually held up quite well and have been willing and effective conduits for the trillions now in government support that has been given around the world. So in a sense, it's a good news, bad news story. It's not great if you're a bank investor because you've lost a lot of money. But for society, banks have at least been able to fulfil their duty and ensure the flow of credit to needy businesses and needy consumers and provide relief on existing debts wherever possible.
0: Stephen Morris is the FT's European banking editor. Alibaba is China's answer to Amazon, and it's buying a controlling stake in China's second largest supermarket chain. It's a move that indicates Alibaba is doubling down on delivering groceries. It's been a key growth engine for the company during the pandemic. Ryan McMurrow is our China corporate tech reporter, and I spoke with him last week when he was in Hangzhou reporting on the tech giant. So Ryan, I understand you're right across from Alibaba's headquarters right now. Is, is that right?
3: Yeah, I just got here for some meetings just as we we're pulling in. It's 10 p.m. here and everybody, there's still lights on in the offices and lots of young people were just leaving. There was like a, a train of people outside streaming out of their offices right now.
0: So still busy and makes sense because Alibaba, as I said, is, is moving into groceries and there's probably a lot of effort going into that. Tell us a little bit about why Alibaba is making this move into groceries.
3: They've been expanding into different brick and mortar retail businesses. They bought a department chain called InTime. And they've actually been an investor in Sunart since 2017. In 2017, they paid $2.9 billion for a 36% stake. They just doubled that stake for $3.6 billion. And so they now have control of the company. But because of Hong Kong's takeover law, at the same time that Alibaba is purchasing these shares from France's Achan Retail International, they have to make a general offer to shareholders. So they could end up paying another 2.2 billion for the rest of the company.
0: And speaking of Auchan, is this an admission of defeat by the French supermarket giant that its attempt to enter the China market has failed?
3: I think they probably don't see it that way. I think it's more an admission that China's period of super fast growth is over and, and the grocery space is increasingly crowded and competitive. France's other large grocery chain, Carefor, had also invested heavily in China to build out stores, and they actually sold their business last year to a Chinese company called Suning.
0: So you talk about the the field getting a little bit more crowded. Who are Alibaba's main competitors in the grocery delivery market?
3: So over the last five years or so, China's definitely seen a boom in grocery delivery startups. The first wave of those have already failed, so there's left around some big players like Meituan, which is the food delivery giant, but it's also become a platform that supermarkets can sign up to. Then Alibaba's traditional nemesis, JD.com, which is another e-commerce giant, has its own delivery force and warehouse network. And then there's also startups like one called Miss Fresh that's raised about $1.4 billion they have these mini warehouses all over the city, and they kind of specialize in only having like 3,000 products, so it's very small and they don't have to pay the huge rents. So they're actually doing very well right now.
0: So Ryan, considering how crowded the field is and, and how much Alibaba is investing in grocery delivery, I guess my question is, is it worth it? You know, How much of Alibaba's revenues does it expect groceries to contribute as a result of this deal that we're talking about right now?
3: We don't know exactly. They didn't give us a figure, but its grocery business in the last quarter contributed 20% of their sales. Alibaba has its own Fresh Hippo line of grocery stores, and they have about 220 stores. Sunart stores are mostly in China's smaller cities, and Fresh Hippo has been building out in larger cities. So they're a good complementary fit for each other.
0: One thing that's been interesting, we've seen it with Amazon a little bit, but it's a more broad trend is that Tech companies are moving in, into bricks and mortar a little more than we might have expected.
3: Yeah, so Al- Alibaba has definitely been at the front of this trend as well. With the purchase of InTime, which is a department store chain, they've started bringing InTime's products onto their platform, and they've also started integrating the supply chains as well. So if you're looking at home, browsing InTime's products, it'll be real time what's in the store, and then if you order something, it'll one of Alibaba's delivery men will, will bring it to your home. And Fresh Hippo is like kind of leading in that. And Fresh Hippo store, they have conveyor belts on the ceiling so that there's pickers running around the store. They put your item into a, a bag. It's zoomed up to the conveyor belt on the ceiling and is zoomed into the back. And then it's onto a conveyor belt under the delivery man's scooter. So um, Alibaba has definitely been leading the way and trying to figure out how to make delivery, work, and how to make it profitable.
0: Ryan McMurrow is our China corporate tech reporter. Thank you, Ryan.
3: Thanks for having me on.
0: Before we go, it may have a small-sounding name, but Ant Group is on course to top Saudi Aramco with the biggest ever market listing. The Chinese financial tech company is controlled by Alibaba's billionaire founder, Jack Ma, and it's set to raise more than $34 billion and is expected to list in Shanghai and Hong Kong on Thursday, November 5th. Just a quick clarification. In yesterday's show, I said that the grant side of the European Union's coronavirus recovery plan totaled 390 euros. I should have said, of course, that it totaled 390 billion euros. Sorry for the slip up there. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT news briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business
1: news.
3: Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with Good Credit from a local business
0: to a global corporation.